0: Welcome to the voice of fandom podcast, the one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a former pro wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson.
1: Let's go. Wow, we went through round one, two, three, four. Uh, Sorry about the late starting time. Sorry about anyone that was in the previous uh, audio chats and all that. i don't know what the hell is going on right now but we're gonna we're gonna recover we're gonna pull it together uh so it seems so it seems um i i was very excited on this entire journey or so because um i got a laptop that um i was saving for to get ready to create more content to be able to have access to all my files to have the storage to be able to continue to create and have the processing power and all that shit to be able to do it. Um, I ordered it from a black Friday deal for, straight from Dell. Uh, very excited that it ended up coming uh, about two weeks earlier than the uh, predicted uh, delivery time and all that. And it seems I didn't test any of my equipment, which that should have been part of what I did last night when I was going through all the setups and the updates and making sure I got all the current drivers, current software, all those things. um, As I was doing that and logging into all of my profiles and I should have plugged in my mic and see if it was ready to roll because that's kind of the main purpose of said laptop. This, you know, this entire time of starting the show and all that uh, my wife has been gracious enough to allow me to use her laptop to, uh, you know, start this whole avenue and have things rolling. And I was very excited to, um, you know, have an, an an access to the technology to be able to expand and continue creating, uh, you know, more content, different content and all of that. And that bogged down her computer with, you know, tons of audio files and clips and all of that. Uh, but it seems my laptop <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's just not compatible with my mic. I'm going to have to figure all that out, but we got everything rolling. If you heard the intro music, which you will not on the replay, unless I played during the break, which I might, because it's fire. Uh, that was a track from the legendary T-Pain. Yes. That boy T-Pain. Give it up for T-Pain for that track. Give it up to T-Pain for the track. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Legend himself. If you don't know, okay, okay, okay. That's enough for T-Pain. Damn. Um. If you if you don't know, T-Pain has recently gotten into the content creating uh, avenue. A lot of uh, artists and athletes are starting to get into this Twitch game, podcast game, all that. I, I think because of the same reason why we all get into it. It's a great expression of what you can do without having any, you know, hands tied uh, to you. You you don't have to worry about any labels. You don't have to worry about any, you know, businesses trying to strap you down. Like this is a very uh, personality free zone, basically, uh, to get anything off your chest or to talk about anything that you want to, um, anything that you have interest in. Like all that, you can just start a podcast or start a Twitch channel and just game and talk shit and do whatever. So the reason <laughs> the whole avenue of how I fell into this whole uh, track, it's not like he gave it to me or anything. Um, he on his Twitch channel and logic has done the same thing. They gave out folders, avenues of playlist, uh, sound clips, instrumentals tracks that are all royalty free for content creators And I know I mentioned in several episodes that I will only feature music that I have done or the people around me. But I I think it is really dope to have people that I've looked up to in music that are getting so um, in tune with their fan bases, especially in a time like this, and are giving people avenues to be able to have uh, better audio quality or better audio content in their content um inspired by or done by their favorite artist so i think that's really dope um and plus the energy is electric like (laughs) i've gone through this uh audio test this morning four or five times and each time i've tried to play this track and um i'm just sitting here head bobbing and banging as soon as i come in on the intro it's like oh you got static in your mic something ain't working so now that we got that all figured out and everybody got to, you know, bang to a little T-Pain that's not out there, like, you're you're only going to hear that. You're only going to hear this track on, you know, a, a content creator's avenue. Like, T-Pain's not going to put out that track. So it's kind of like a slick exclusive, not exclusive. Like, if you're in the know, then you know. Uh, so that's dope. Shout out to T-Pain. Uh, that track's called Blues Brothers. I'll probably play it during the break because I can. Um, and so let's let's get things rolling. En- enough of my first world problems to be talking about. Uh, week eleven is in the books. Monday night uh, wrap that up. Now we're looking forward to week twelve. Week twelve, we'll get into uh, yeah, you know, uh, starting Thanksgiving. We got a full slate of games of football, and you know, Thanksgiving traditions bring a lot of things out. Like, of course, everyone uh, look forward to the family gathering and the big meals and all that. But this year, it's it's going to be a little different and not just different for me. It's going to be different for a lot of people. Um, you know, some can't travel. Some uh, won't be able to, you know, be with their family, be with their friends. Uh, some won't be able to cook the big meals due to, you know, being laid off or, or not being able to work as consistently as they would towards every other year. I mean, this will be the first year of mine, yeah, this will be the first year of mine that I've had at twenty seven years old that I will not be with my um immediate family during the holidays. and it's it's a very interesting time to deal with because even, even with that being said, like i I'm still looking forward to that time because it is a a breath, like, okay, let's just enjoy this in this moment. Um, And with a lot of those traditions that usually, you know, fall around, like during Thanksgiving, I was blessed to be in a pretty fortunate um, financial situation growing up that we had multiple TVs around the house. So one TV would have the like Macy's Thanksgiving parade, and we'll kind of keep an eye on that. And then another TV will be on like the Christmas story marathon that starts Uh, On Thanksgiving, because you know, for some reason, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is the most like paper champion holiday it seems now. Because it used to be Thanksgiving was a huge deal. It Used to be Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Now it seems to be Halloween, Christmas right around that motherfucking corner. Like it, it. Matter of fact, Black Friday is almost taking the shine from Thanksgiving, which is crazy. Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Everybody's just ready to spend some money and shop. But, um, and then, you know, another, another, uh, TV is always on football because even though most of the time Thanksgiving football, is just trash teams playing against each other. And there's never really anything on the line. Every once in a while you'll slip into maybe the Thanksgiving primetime game has some, some, you know, weight to it, but usually it's just nice to have on sports in the background, just as something's going on. And, Honestly, this year, I I will be very welcoming to uh, Thanksgiving football, even though the games not that great. Uh, And then the primetime game was going to be pretty good. And now with COVID announcements and things of that nature, it looks like it's just going to be another easy win for the Steelers. So that'll just be something to, I guess, glance at, not anything to sit by the TV with whatever meal we'll be eaten, and, uh, you know, salivating at great competition. It just seems like the Steelers are going to get a, another very easy victory. So with all that being said, let's jump into what's going on around the league. I mean, right now, like I said, we have these COVID announcements that are coming through just like every other week. This is nothing different. Uh, but the Ravens, probably bit the hardest bug with them being a part of uh the Thursday Thanksgiving lineup playing primetime against the Steelers and both Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins are out of the game not to put on the list not you know testing for um negatives because of close contact tracing no they both tested positive they are both out of the game Uh, Contact tracing has been going through, but so far no other names have been announced. Um, And that's difficult. That is very difficult for a team. Well, I mean, one, for a team that is pretty difficult to already run on, your two starting running backs are gone now. So now the Steelers defense knows. With that being said, all they have to do is pin their ears back and just go. Um, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of pass rush. You're going to see a lot of (laughs) Lamar Jackson having to do any and everything that he can. And maybe, and maybe on this Thanksgiving Thursday, maybe it turns into the Lamar Jackson show. And he knows that with, with both of his running backs being out, there's no more disguising it. You're either going to throw the ball. Or Lamar's going to have to pull something out of his ass. And maybe he has to be put into that situation to make a diamond out of him. Because as of right now, the Ravens have been a sloppy mess. They've been embarrassing. I have people telling me all the time that the Ravens need a wide receiver. The Ravens need this. The Ravens need that. No, they built the personnel for this offensive system. They have outside of some injuries on the offensive line that have kind of left them out of the hole. But they have built this personnel to be the team that they want. The problem is they haven't evolved as the team they need to be. And what I mean by that is every year after, you know, your first like true run, uh, the league's going to take notice and they're going to study and pay attention. And that's why after Mahomes' MVP year, everybody was like, well, Mahomes will never be this guy again because the league now has a book on you. They're going to study and they're going to take care of you. You will probably see half of the production and half of the success because of that. Well, that didn't happen because Mahomes and Andy Reid and Aaron B. Enemy got into the lab and evolved into the next form of that team. This happens all around the league at any time. and. Everyone said there wasn't a book on Lamar. His athleticism just transcends past, oh, you just learned this scheme, or, oh, you just run this kind of defense, and you can stop him. But guess what happened? The league learned, the league evolved, and Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh are playing the same game. When Lamar Jackson went on Rich Eisen's show uh, a week and a half, almost two weeks ago, he even said, "Eh, you know, I'm on the offensive side of the ball and I'm calling my audibles and I hear the defense calling out the exact play we're about to do. That's not good. And in my head, I'm sitting here thinking, well, if they're calling out your exact plays, audible to something different. But if they know what your checks are, if your offense has been that predictable, you're in a bad spot. There's there's literally nothing that you can do. And so now they're about to go against a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that has done very, very well this year. And they had a game earlier this year where it kind of went to the brink and it just, now you're taking out their two starting rushers and it's just up to Lamar Jackson. They don't just need a wide receiver. They went and got Dez. They went and activated Dez. They need creative offensive play calling. They need creative ways to get Lamar Jackson out in open space. I. It's crazy to me. I don't see any design rollouts. It's crazy to me that I'm seeing... Pat Mahomes at tight end tight end positions. I'm seeing Carson Wentz at tight end positions. I'm seeing Jalen Hurts at wide out and things of that nature. I don't see Lamar lineup anywhere else but quarterback. And you would think <laughs> you would think that motherfucker would be everywhere. If Taysom Hill now granted he has the size on him so he can take impact in different you know, directions and be okay. But if Taysom Hill can line up anywhere on the field, why have I not seen Lamar Jackson in the slot? Why have I not seen Lamar Jackson in a end around a wide receiver end around and he's the wide receiver? I don't get it. He's too fast. His feet are too quick. Stop trying to prove to the league that he's a passer. Yes, he can throw the ball. He's not a passer. You know, it's like uh when you play basketball, and yeah, you may average like six points a game. So you can you can shoot the ball, but you're not a scorer. You're not someone that I can look at on the court and be like, he's gonna give me 25 a game. He is going to give me 25 points a game. No. But if I need six here or there, you good. And that's Lamar Jackson he's not going to give me 250, 300 yards. He's not. But if I need 185 and two touchdowns, one of them being rushing, Lamar Jackson's that guy. So he's going to be in a very interesting predicament with that whole thing. But along with that, new injuries around the league, uh, T's and P's to Joe Burrow, MCL, ACL, and structural damage. He will be out for the remainder of the season. And now there is being discussion of he may be held out for 2021 too. And that's not because of the injury. That's just because the team, the team itself, the Cincinnati Bengals are not ready to have that caliber of quarterback. And they won't be next year either. There is nothing that they can do in this next year that will bolster that offensive line or give him the adequate enough weapons to protect him to make sure this doesn't happen again. That's what Cincy is faced with in this situation. Do they protect their asset and make sure that this never happens again, at least to the best of their ability, or does he come fresh out of rehab, step back onto the field, and within three months, this exact same happened. Because I'm gonna tell you, yes, Joe Burrow has a lot to learn. Yes, he loves to take a little more aggressive physical contact than most quarterbacks would like. And he's gonna learn that and he's gonna adapt to, to you know his entire game. But if your offensive line can't stop a slight breeze in the wind, that only spells trouble for your entire team that only spells trouble for the health of your quarterback. If he always feels like he has to jump out of the pocket and make a play himself, because you saw his first big run of his career. He followed behind a blocker the entire time. He is smart, but you have to give him the tools to make sure he doesn't feel like he has to do it all by himself when all of his receivers are dropping passes, when his running backs are only averaging 2.3 yards a carry, come on, it's all on him. And now you have seen the pending doom that we all saw when it was Joe Burrow going to Cincinnati. They just didn't prepare that kind of athlete for that kind of situation. And I've talked several times about how you build your team from the center out. They didn't. They just went and got the center. And that was it. <laughs> they, they just figured, oh, well, he'll change the game. And he has. He has one game for, for Cincinnati that they would have lost last year. But they didn't protect him enough for the long haul. This is a long game. You know, a lot of people look at, you know, football versus basketball, and some some people argue that basketball is longer because it has a longer season. But then others that are very smart to the game know that, well, it's because they don't take as much physical, you know, just straight punishment. You know, every snap, you're touching somebody. You're hitting somebody. You're getting hit by somebody. Even as a punter, kicker, special teamers, You have more contact in one football game if you are a starter than others do in basketball. That's just real life. And it's shitty that Joe Burrow had to get hurt so early in his career, uh, especially an injury like that. We're seeing a lot of injuries to star players. Um, I think with the combination of this insane offseason and the fact that just... There's more eyes on the product right now. There's more eyes on football than there ever been because one, we didn't even think this season was going to happen. And now we have the season rolling full speed. We're getting into playoff vibe type football. And, you know, there are just teams that did not use this off season to build their team correctly to be able to withstand this. They changed so many rules. They changed so many protocols, uh, practice squad protocols and injury reserve protocols and all these things to cater to the teams in these situations. So when a playoff team that was built to be a playoff team this offseason says, oh, well, you know, we had so many people sick this year, this or that. I don't want to hear it. The league has given so many chances. So many opportunities, so many loopholes. And your front office or your team just didn't use them to your advantage. Yeah. Wow. This this, this episode might be pretty good. This one, <laughs> this one might be pretty good. So let's uh, let's run through the games that happened this past week. Uh, Thursday night football. Cardinal Seahawks. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's back because he's not. Uh, I'm not going to say Kyler Murray should be disappointed because he should not be. The game was okay. It was a divisional game that came down to the wire, just like the last one. And it was okay. Russell Wilson got the dub this time. And and this is, this is one thing in the National Football League. There's very few times, unless you are a poorly coached or poorly staffed team, that you just go... against a divisional opponent. Most of the time, those are your closest games. Those are your hardest games. And if coached correctly, you should at least win one. Unless you are a bad football team, those are the the few times where you get swept by an opponent. And in this case, we saw Seattle's defense come alive all of a sudden and actually play real football. And that's great because as we've seen throughout this season, Seattle's defense has done nothing but make every quarterback look like an all-star. Cam Newton had done nothing throughout the season. And then he played the Seattle Seahawks and he looked like MVP Cam Newton. It made no sense. That's just because it wasn't that good. But what did Seattle do? They addressed the issue. I don't think this is the full addressing the issue, but Carlos Dudlap sealed the game. They just got him on the team. But that is one of those things where, okay, we coach from our weakness. We understand we have no pass rush. We understand that our DBs get blown up because we have no pass rush. So quarterbacks can just kind of sit back and choose whatever they want. And, um, Finally, Seattle had some closure on defense. It was great. Now, do I think uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury probably called some really shitty plays right at the end? Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say so. I understand you're going for the win, so you want to go for, for the end zone, but it's like, bro, you could have executed that drive a whole lot better right towards the end. You gave yourself a shot. They weren't out of the game, but bad play calling, bad execution, and the Seattle Seahawks defense was actually filling themselves. So that's why they took the dub, and that's just where that is. Steelers-Jags, this is not surprising. Mm, I mean, it's only surprising in the fact that they did not put up 35-40 on them, but it seems like the Jaguars are just that pesky team. Uh, they run some very interesting things on defense it kind of reminds me of uh that older jags team with Blake Bortles that was just kind of ran by the defense uh but the quarterback play was very marginal i remember people were giving um predictions of Blake Bortles and they were like oh if if he can run for 100 and throw 400 and give me two tds he'll get an a plus like that that was the margin <laughs> For Blake Borders, but it's because his defense was just stout. They were running it. Uh, it kind of reminded me of that. Uh as far as the defensive game plan in the schemes, nothing to do with the actual game. But the the Jags are for some reason finding something that's making them hang a little closer in games that they should. And if they had a B-minus quarterback, they would not be getting you know, just ran over in these games. A a lot of their lack of production comes from the quarterback position, of course, because they have Luton on the field, which I don't know who the fuck Luton is, but he took over for Gardner Minshew and the team is just not the same team. And we all know that. Also, the Jaguars did that fire. So where they're like, of course we're losing. And they pretty much got rid of every talented person on the team. So we knew that the Jags, Weren't really planning on winning too many games this year, but <laughs> for some reason the Steelers only put up twenty-seven points. And this is the one thing I will say about the Steelers this week: you're going to go eleven zero. Um, I-, I see no way possible, Lamar Jackson, because he's going to have to single-handedly do it. I don't see any way that Lamar Jackson uh, beats you during Thanksgiving. I also don't see any way of outside of the Buffalo Bills, uh, any other team that may really take it to you. But I will say this, your weakest link is Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, he threw the football a little better this week, uh, but that's your weakness on your team. And that is very interesting to say, and you would some people will say it's very bold because last year When you didn't have them, you went 8-8. Now, this year, you have them, and you're undefeated. But this is why. Ben literally has this mechanism in his brain that makes him play the games close. I have no reason. I, I, I don't know why. I can't tell you what it is because, you know, everyone's talked about how the Steelers play teams notoriously close. They always play down the teams, blah, blah, blah. I've said it several times. But it's not the Steelers. It's actually Ben. Ben, for some reason, keeps these games close due to his execution. And until that is a glaring fact, I'm going to continue to say it. Ben just... I don't know. Maybe he has the thrill of the competition. Maybe he doesn't like blowouts. Maybe he gets bored. I remember when Ben would throw 500 yards and five TDs and that was the normal game. He doesn't do that anymore. Granted, he doesn't have to. But it's just so odd to see Ben's production lately. It's just not good. And sooner or later, that is going to harm his team. Because when his defense turned the ball over and given him extra possession after possession, and he just can't get it done. That's going to be 14, 21, 28 points left on the board. You don't want to put your defense in that situation where now they can't do what they are known to do and that's get to the quarterback, rush the quarterback. Now they got to, you know, defend downfield. Now they got to, okay well, what if they have two really good running backs and at least two really good wide receivers? Now we're a little spread thin. We can't just pin our ears back like we're used to. We're going to see a lot out of the Steelers after the bye because I'm sure, I don't think they'll go undefeated. They will. There will be a slip game or it'll be week 17 where they have absolutely no one starting and that'll be the only game that they lose. It'll be something dumb like that where it's like, oh, you know, the Steelers went, you know, almost undefeated with virtually no bye week and all those things. Um, And then they're going to get to the playoffs and hopefully they do not run into a team that can do a lot on offense. Because I am in firm belief, if they run into the Titans again, it's going to be an issue. And I would hate for all the Steelers fans that have been on my back for this entire run to be like, damn, just got bounced out in the first round. Hmm. Will it be a one one and done swan song for Ben? Who knows? Who knows? But that is all I'm going to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lions, Panthers, Lions get shut out for the first time in the Matt Stafford era. Um <laughs> P.J. Walker, XFL MVP shows up. It's 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 amazing how we've seen these uh, athletes from the other, as I'm going to say, the other football brands, uh, AAF, XFL, all that, come into the league and actually get their shot this year. It's it's been like a full circle story because that's what we watched at the peak of quarantine, which. If my memory serves me correctly that's pretty much correct you know Chiefs won the Super Bowl and then you know the AAF kicked off and and the, the AF the XFL like all that shit happened and that was like the peak so we got a, a slight introduction to these players because we were all intrigued on how it all was going to work and how well it was going to be and All that, and now they're on the field, on the NFL field doing their thing, and P.J. Walker did not have the greatest game. But P.J. Walker proved that if he was the quarterback for the Jaguars, they'd be winning some games. If he was the quarterback for the Jets, they'd be winning some games. So hopefully this gives an avenue to those players that got cut tons of times in the NFL, got a shot in the AEF or the XFL, And they show that they have a chance. That they should be a starting quarterback on the team. Or at least, at least a very well-paid backup. Because these guys are coming in and playing in systems that aren't theirs. They're playing in systems and situations on short weeks. They're doing all that. and. They're doing well. It's crazy. But yeah, Lions get shut out. <laughs> fucking insane. That that just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Especially in the fact that uh, PJ Walker threw two interceptions. You would think that the Lions would at least put up fucking three. Nope. Fuck all that. <sighs> Patriots-Texans. What did I say last week? I said, if the Patriots don't get Deshaun Watson, and it was like that was heard through the spirit realm or whatever it may have been. And Deshaun Watson went and said, I'm going to file my application to be the next Patriots quarterback. He did just that. He did it on the field. He applied and auditioned in person. And should have looked at Bill Belichick, shook his hand, and said, please find a way to get me next year. I am going to be on this train until Deshaun Watson retires. Or until Belichick finds a way to get a star quarterback. But I want somebody to come in and rescue Deshaun Watson from the fucking forest fire. (laughs) That is the Houston Texans. It's so bad. It's so bad. And Deshaun Watson did exactly what Lamar Jackson is going to have to do on Thursday. He literally has to put the entire team on his back and just roll. Watson has that in him. He's done it since college. Lamar does not. (sighs) really shitty to think about uh titans ravens i think i've spoken enough on the ravens uh because this was another game where uh lamar you just had to do your thing we got to see some flashes of des bryant throughout the game um he's getting acclimated to the system he's moving a bit better than i thought he's also doing secondary things he's being distractions he's blocking he's He's doing all that, but just Lamar's just, guys, it's just not good. And then when you have a power team like the Titans on the other side that can disrupt the pocket, that can run the football, that can, you know, succeed off the play action, that can cause turnovers. Lamar, what are you going to do? We have seen several times with a lead, you just. Without a lead, you just can't pull it off. Against good teams, you just can't pull it off. That's why when the Lamar Jackson talks start early in the year, and it's, oh, he threw a 45, 50-yard bomb against the Dolphins, or he put up four touchdowns against the Jets, and it's like, bro, shut the fuck up. That, That means nothing to me. It literally means nothing to me. Cool, you're overpowered on Madden. What is that gonna get you? I don't think anything. It gets you OT against the Titans and you lose. That's what it gets you. Mm. Eagles, Browns. <laughs> I think I. <laughs> I think I've cussed out Carson Wentz enough. Uh, I think I've cussed out Doug Peterson enough uh, to lose to the Browns. Now, granted, this is a different Browns. This is a different generation of of Cleveland Brown players and attitude and all that. They also aren't that buttoned up and also aren't that disciplined. And yet, they beat you by more than a field goal. Carson Wentz, you are awful. Just straight up, you are awful. If I were to go on YouTube and type in Carson Wentz highlights, 80% of those highlights are from losses. That's bad. That means you have one or two good throws a game, but you don't win games for your team. Like I said, Carson Wentz is going to end up at the end of his career, retiring with a ring on his finger that is not his. <laughs> he didn't win that ring. He got his team in position to go deep into the playoffs. But as you know, when it comes to playoff football, as soon as the playoff starts, it's zero zero. All that you, sh- all that shit you did in the beginning was just an intro to the album. Can you follow up with some tracks? No, he wasn't even in the booth recording. That's bad. And now you have a situation where, yeah, Jalen Hurts is sitting on the bench or he's in on these gadget plays and it's like, oh, when do we put Hurts in? Probably not at all this year. And it's sad because you're still in the running for your division. (laughs) The Eagles are still in the running. In their division now, because they lost a game, the Cowboys somehow <laughs> are just sneaking on back. It's embarrassing to, to look at that division and be like, somebody in here is actually going to go to the playoffs and act like they're a competitive football team. It's really disgusting, actually. the only The only way I will accept a team coming out of that, if it's Washington. And I know that sounds bizarre, but it's only because I would love to have Comeback Man of the Year and Alex Smith make it to the playoffs after what he had to go through. I want him to get that playoff paycheck. (laughs) I want him to get every benefit possible and get out healthy because Washington has done nothing for him but cause him problems. And I think that man absolutely deserves it. Dallas has been a forest fire. Philly has been a dumpster fire. And the Giants, for some odd reason, just managed to win games every once in a while. That's it. That's all I got for you. Eagles, you should be embarrassed. You guys should not. Like I don't know who or what you spiritually sacrificed to win that Super Bowl with Nick Foles. But now, the repercussions or whatever, whoever said we could lose, we could have a losing record every season as long as we win this Super Bowl, whoever made that promise, here's your repercussions. They're coming in right now. Somebody pulled up that receipt and they called you, boy, because wow, it's just not been good against good teams, against bad teams, whoever. It just hasn't been good. Falcons Saints. Now, the crazy thing out of this game is that we thought we were going to see, I was very game, to see my boy Jameis legs, Winston start the football game. You would think with what happened last year when Drew Brees got hurt and Teddy Bridgewater took over, you would think that we would see Mr. legs in because that's what you got crab legs for. You know, he going to try that onto the field with a dub in his hand. He going to eat that hoe and he gonna get up there and try to sling the rock a little bit. Now, what's difficult is that Sean Payton's offense does not really cater to Jameis Winston's play style. It doesn't. Jameis Winston can, he can throw the rock a little deeper than Drew Brees. So you would expect a little different of a game plan if they're going to go with Jameis Winston, which I was excited for because, you know, Jameis Winston got his LASIK eye surgery, whatever the fuck this offseason, and we found out that He couldn't even really fucking see when he was in Tampa Bay. So it's like, oh, maybe that's why he threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, because half of the time, he didn't even know he was throwing to the wrong team. But, I mean, you know, that's fucking here or there. We have no idea. But then, you know, a few days before the game, it goes out, well, you know, Taysom Hill is actually going to take the starting position, and Taysom Hill is going to roll as the starting quarterback while Drew Brees is out, which by the way, a little clap to Drew Brees because 11 rib fractures. Jesus. Now <laughs> I don't want to say Drew Brees had this coming because of the off, you know, the uh all season comments that was made and, all of those things. I don't want to say anything like that, but 11 rib fractures and a collapsed lung? Boy! I commend you for saying that you wanted to get back into the game because I would have been able to breathe. I would have been on the sideline, give me an oxygen tank, get me a motherfucker that's played Operation because they're going to have to move some shit around. Like, Get me all that shit because that's, that's rough. That is rough. But Taysom Hill in the first half, very underwhelming. I mean, come on. He looked like a decent athlete trying to play quarterback. That's what he looked like in the first half. And then in the second half, he seemed like what, at least a peak of what Sean Payton has been saying that Taysom Hill is. Now, if he ends up being the franchise quarterback of of this team, once Drew Brees finally hangs it up, it would be very interesting to see how things go especially in the fact he's been in the system so long. He's ultra-athletic. He can take the hits. He can line up anywhere on the field. I, I, I remember multiple times of me saying to people that don't watch the Saints and we're watching games together, I'm like, look at number seven. When number seven is on the field, something retarded is about to happen. It's just a fact. Something absolutely ridiculous is going to happen. And nine times out of 10, it does. But that dynamic changes when he's the starting quarterback. We saw that offense be a bit different. We did not see a lot of Alvin Kamara in that game because of Taysom Hill. You got to remember, Taysom, (laughs) Drew Brees loves throwing into the flat, loves throwing screens, loves throwing underneath routes. It's one of the reasons why Alvin Kamara is having such. A, a storied and tailored offensive career because he is the best weapon for Drew Brees. Taysom Hill doesn't really need that that much. And Drew Brees' the second option is throw it out to the flat. Whatever his first read is, second option, throw it out to the flat. Um, Taysom Hill's second option is to use his legs, <laughs> it's a very different mindset. But Saints sweep the Falcons, uh, twenty-four nine. It wasn't even like I don't I don't know if anybody gave the Falcons a chance in this game. Uh, but for my Falcons fans that did watch the game and just felt like they maybe they could pull an upset, I don't I don't understand why. I'm sorry that you got your hopes up. That's all I have to say. Uh, Bengals, Washington. We all know about that. I've pretty much addressed it in, in two separate halves. Um, Bengals, you probably lost that game because Joe Burrow was not out on the field for the rest of the game. Um, which, if you would have listened to me Thursday, I'm pretty sure I said, Joe Burrow's going to get rocked a lot because that Washington front seven isn't. I... You can go back and quote me. I am absolutely sure that I said that. I didn't think it was going to turn into him getting his shit snapped the fuck up, but I am pretty sure I called that, and I didn't think about that until right now. Jets, Chargers, who cares? We know the Jets were going to lose because they don't want to win games. Broncos, Dolphins. Now, the only thing I had to address about this game as uh, Tua and that he got pulled and why he got pulled because th- there's some things that are misleading about that. But we are going to hit our break first. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll talk about Tua, why he got uh, pulled. Was it because of performance like uh, their head coach says or was it because of other reasons? I will go ahead and let you know. Spoiler alert. It was because of other reasons but we're gonna go to a break and then on the other side of that we'll talk about that the rest of the games also of course we are going to talk about chiefs raiders um and then you know probably a plug here or there we got some companies that are looking for me to you know talk about them so we'll also get into that too on the other side of this
2: Cancel, yeah cancel yeah what's the goddamn deal yeah let's do it bitch huh. Now here's a little story that I got to tell About a young gangster nigga out of Jacksonville He started slinging tapes back on 103 And then he teamed up with that nigga Teddy P That's me They call them the Blues Brothers, you can't name a better duo If you say you're made up, then my nigga come bring me two more I'm wrestling the streets and that Chevy look like a sumo I do business in the hood, white t-shirt with a suit on I'm not hearing all you niggas, somebody done turned the mute on I'm not fearing all you niggas, that AK are making. The whole team war already. I just put my other boot on. I'm out green on these niggas. If something make me wanna do wrong, I'm a veteran, better than whoever step in the ring. So why the heck would these judges wanna come step to the king? See, I'm the best with the lectures. You gotta prep for these things. I try to tell them and press them, then let's get left with the green. See, I put money in this shit, so my investment is key. So if ain't no money involved, then don't send no message to me. See, I'm only fucking with bosses. All you peasants can leave. And don't touch the rims so of my Impala 73. The second part of the story is kinda. Crazy and sad, bought nap a nappy head. The boy with talent out of his hand. They took me to the Chevy Shack, and although it wasn't the cleanest, nope. they played me his music. I said, "This boy here, G, Woo. He was rapping and singing, I was trapping and banging. We swore all to each other, never leave one of us hanging. They call us Tango and Cash. How we be getting that cash? You leave a bitch around his brother, she get mangled and smashed. Two hundred on the dash, on the foreign car floor. This said Across the campus, ain't even seen me. You boys trying to ride the wave, we are ocean, nigga. You can add auto tool. We got motion, nigga. Field mob, outcast, we the closest nigger. When it comes to that rapping and singing, we the dopest. Yes, nigga. sir.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah
2: Wanna make the news?
1: Yeah.
2: motherfucker
1: and we're back. If you weren't here for the pre-show. Uh, that was just a little, a little, a little T-Pain, a little Teddy, Teddy pain for you. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, he put out some, some uh, music for content creators uh, so that we can use it in our content. I think it's dope. Um, and I'm sure I'll feature more of the instrumentals and in the songs that he put in that pack for us. Um, so any other content creators that you know, don't have their own music, which I'm just fortunate enough to either have the talent or the resources or the people to reach out to and have. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely look into that and get a hold of it because it's dope as shit. But now that we're on the other side of this break, uh, I tried to make that a little faster than usual because of the starting late and the mishaps and all that shit that ended up happening at the beginning of the show. Uh, but Let's get into a little plug real quick. If you are, and I I got to say this just because of the squad, but if you are looking into any signed memorabilia for the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're looking for a signed jersey, signed helmet, signed football, signed pitchers, um, you know, anything of that nature, go and uh, look, look for Total Sports Enterprise Kansas City uh, find them on Twitter. Find them on their website. They have all of your signed memorabilia. I, I, I'm telling you, in in this past few weeks, they've done nothing but upgrade in all of the things. You know, at first, it was just a couple here and there. You know, you got some steals when you wanted to. Now, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyron Matthew, Bashad Breeland, Dustin Colquitt. It goes on and on and on jerseys, football, helmets, pictures You can only get it at Total Sports Enterprise, Kansas City. I'm telling you. And right now, just right now, the Travis Kelsey autographed jersey is on sale. Motherfucker, I can't believe it. I'm trying to get me something. You know, last time, last time they sent me that Tyreek Hill jersey, I lost my shit. They sent me a Dante Hall jersey, lost my shit. I mean come on come on you're you're losing out if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you're not going to Total Sports Enterprise Kansas City to get all your signed memorabilia it's a must it's a must hey you know what? I just want to let y'all know (laughs) I think I should make commercials but just like that like who gives a shit just let it fly because that was probably one of my best plugs to date so far uh anyways, let's bring in Hold on, let me let me reply to this real quick cuz it's it's actually really important. Uh Okay. So let's talk about the Dolphins and what happened with Tua. So Tua got pulled uh from the Dolphins Broncos game and uh everyone said it was for performance. Um if you look at his numbers, I'm going to be real with you. Just looking at his numbers, they're not for performance. Granted, granted, these numbers don't jump out at you. These are not elite numbers. 11 for 20, 83 yards, and a touchdown. But if you compare them to his other, his other numbers, he's not had to be Superman throughout this. He has relied on very good defensive play very good special teams play, and just being the quarterback that is needed for the situation. That's it. Tua has not, he has not been in a system where he's had to be Superman so far in the NFL. He even quoted last week saying the NFL is not as hard as he thought. Now I will say, you put yourself in a box by saying the NFL isn't as hard as you thought and then you get pulled in the next game. That is a very hard situation to be able to turn around from. But he was not pulled for a performance. Oh, if you got a track that you want to, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Small break from this. If you have any music that you uh, want to email me to be featured on the show, uh, then email me at Robinson at gmail.com. Kingston, the letter C. Robinson at gmail.com. And and I will will add it to the bank and and get it rolling Um, sooner than later. I mean, if you just have like a Google Drive link or something like that, if you have any of my social media, you can just link me to it on there and I'll download it and put it in the bank. But that's how that will go. But on to Tua. This this is the biggest thing. When a high-priced draft pick gets hurt in the league, Everyone sees it. Everyone feels the wake of it. That's what happened with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, in the 1 o'clock game, got hurt. Everyone around the league and outside of the league knew when it happened and responded accordingly. When you have another high draft capital pick on the field, you start to look at them differently due to that kind of situation that's what happened with Tua. Tua got sacked six times. You are talking about a player that is coming off hip surgery that probably fell a little lower in the draft. Maybe not as low, maybe a pick, but fell a little lower in the draft due to the fact that people were questioned about how he was going to return from his injury. And then he gets sacked six times in a game. You just saw what happened with Joe Burrow. Why are you going to keep him in this game? Now, granted, some questionable throws, three and outs here and there. We're not getting the productivity that we typically would want. But also in the past few games, your defense has been scoring points, not just turning over the ball, scoring points. So, yeah, I mean, the Broncos are not good. You lost to a not good team. But don't get it twisted. Tua didn't get pulled because of lack of production. Tua got pulled out of protection of your asset. Of knowing what you have at quarterback and knowing you need to protect him regardless of the situation. That's what that was. Cowboys Vikings. Cowboys stole that one. Stole that one right off, right from Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins thought he was about to come up in there, get him another dub. Davin Cook thought he was going to cook, and the Cowboys shut the whole fucking kitchen down. Damn. Who would have thought? Andy Dalton's back. No concussion, no COVID. Slinging the rock around a little bit. You know what? I'll, I'll give it to the Cowboys. You were not supposed to win that game. You were but you did. Kudos. That's all I have to say. I I won't give Cowboys fans too much, but kudos. Packers Colts. Now this is, this is something that's crazy to me. Uh, So Packers Colts was meant to be toe to toe. It it was a very good game. It's one of the only games where two division leaders faced each other. Um, So everyone expected it to be a very good game. And it was, you got to see Aaron Rodgers do what he always does. You got to see Phillip Rivers actually finally like be in this system and it not feel so wonky and so odd and all of that. Like both, both defenses, both offenses were making plays. Like this was a very good game. Um, but there was a crazy situation that was brought up where MVS uh, Marquez Canley, Scanley um, was addressing like death threats that he was getting from Packers fans and the fact that he fumbled the ball in overtime, which inevitably gave the Colts the chance to win. Now, one, I can't believe they're just saying he fumbled the ball because he did not. Like, Zeke fumbles the ball a lot. Um, Shady McCoy fumbles the ball a lot. But it was just a very good defensive play. (laughs) The defense got, got to the screen. Blew up the screen and then came and got the ball out. That was just a good defensive play. That's what you're supposed to do in OT. That's what you're supposed to do in overtime as a defensive ball player, and you don't have the ball. See ball, get ball, and you try to make a play for your team to win. Some people say that you should change the overtime rules because. If there's a very good offensive player, a very good quarterback that doesn't get the ball first, then it's just not fair because you know he would score as well. But it's also build a complete team. And this says a lot coming from a Chiefs fan that was hurt when Tom Brady got the coin flip in the AFC Championship and we never saw the ball. But if you had one defensive play, that's what makes for that overtime moment. And the Colts had that defensive play. It was not on NVS. Just sometimes a good offensive play meets a better defensive play. And that's what happened. Sending death threats to professional athletes is absolutely ridiculous. Like, what are you doing with yourselves? Are you, did you bet your mortgage? Did you pawn your wife's wedding ring and use that money? Like, what did, what did you do to put you in a situation where you felt, So compelled to go on social media and be like, this motherfucker's a bum. Go kill yourself. Like, are you serious? That is absolutely insane to me. But like I said, Colt squeaked it out by a very good defensive overtime play. That's what you're supposed to do in that football scenario. And that's what they did. I've told you week in and week out, the best thing about the Colts is their defense and it showed right then. That's how you win playoff football. That's how you end uh that's how you win end of year football. It's it's all right there. That's that's how you do that. Um and that's that's pretty much all that's said from that. Um, I'm going, of course, I'm going to skip to last night's game, Rams Buccaneers, where the Buccaneers, once again, another week are exactly who I said they were. The Buccaneers look great on paper. The Buccaneers have all these superstars. The Buccaneers are not a complete team. The Buccaneers are not good. Every time they have faced a team with a decent pass rush or, you know, just a decent team in general, they've not been good. They got... Slaughtered by the Saints. (laughs) Then, you know, oh Tom Brady redemption game against the bad team. And then you have a situation where you go up against a Rams team that are finally starting to show us who we thought they were going to be going into this year. They're finally starting to show us this. And they did at the best time. Prime time. Jared Goff threw over 50 passes, 51 pass attempts. So they said, if if you want to prove that you're going to be reliable, here you are. Here's your game. You go up against a very good defense. You're going to throw over 50 times. There was a point going into the fourth quarter where Jared Goff had more completions than Tom Brady had full attempts. Tom Brady did not look good. Tom Brady didn't even look close to good. And everybody's going to be like, oh, it's because it's a new system. or Oh, it's because there's new. Po- this is what they wanted. Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown. Tom Brady wanted to go to a new system. He wanted better, faster, stronger wide receivers than what he had in New England. Tom Brady wanted all of this. He wanted Gronk in the system. So don't bitch about a toy that you asked for for Christmas and then you got it and it's not what it all cracked up to be. Because I think now we have gotten to the point going into week 12 where Belichick needed Brady and Brady needed Belichick and they fell into a marriage that lasted 20 years and they got bored, (laughs) they got complacent, they want to try new things. And now they are both realizing, damn, I had it pretty made for 20 years. That's where they're at right now. Because Tom Brady threw some picks that, you know, watching Tom Brady over the past 20 years, you would have never thought he would throw. And I don't want to hear there were his hands in his face. He had pressure on his feet, blah, blah, blah. No, that's the GOAT, right? He cold, right? He that guy, right? It just doesn't make sense. And I had to hold back a whole bag of thought that I'm gonna bring up in the next game, but it just doesn't make sense. And Tom Brady. Tom Brady should have been that guy, right? Tom Brady had the opportunity to be that guy, right? Instead. He went 26 for 48, 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I remember when Pro Football Focus put Tom Brady higher than Patrick Mahomes in their quarterback rankings because they said that (laughs) they said that Patrick Mahomes has more turnover worthy throws than Tom Brady. Which is baffling to me because Tom Brady has, from my understanding, more than twice, three times more interceptions than than Patrick Mahomes, unless I'm mistaken. Actually, it's more than three times. Tom Brady has 25 touchdowns for nine interceptions. Hmm. But yet, but yet Patrick Mahomes has more turnover-worthy throws. So he's ranked lower, even though he only has two interceptions on the year. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. So that leads me to Sunday night football. Chiefs versus Raiders. Now, last week, I didn't make a prediction. I say I don't predict on my team, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of people saying it's going to be a revenge game. It's going to be a blowout with 40, 50 points. We're going to step on the Raiders and let them. No, 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 no. It's still football, guys. It's still football. There are going to be games that you play close. Most of the time, they're going to be your divisional opponents. They know you better. They see you every year, two times a year. There are coaches that have lost so much in certain divisional games. They will do anything in the world to make sure they beat their divisional opponent at least one time. We've seen the Dolphins do it time and time again to the Patriots. I told you, unless you're a terribly coached team, there is very few times that you just get swept in your division. Well, to the people that thought the Raiders were going to sweep the Chiefs Europe out of your mind, I'm sorry. There's just too many positive things Andy Reid off a (laughs) bye. Andy Reid against his divisional opponents. Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid with Eric B. Andy Reid with getting all of his players back from the COVID 19 list. There's just so many things that were stacking up. Then you got Pat Mahomes with a chip on the shoulder. Travis Kelsey with a chip on the shoulder. Uh, Tyreek Hill with a chip on the shoulder. And everyone was to be like, whoa. The game was still close. Pat Mahomes threw an interception. Let me break down this interception for you. So marching down the field right before the half, you have a chance to double dip and possibly go up by 14 in a blink of an eye. Pat Mahomes leads them down the field. And Demarcus Robinson, who is seeing so much field time due to Miko Harmon being out because of COVID, which he did play a few snaps this week, but not, not too much. And then also Sammy Watkins being hurt. DeMarcus Robinson is seeing a lot more snaps. DeMarcus Robinson is starting to really piss me off on the field because he seems to be a mad player where the controller has a few buttons stuck and you just start doing wild shit or when you're in a really close game and your finger slipping and hit buttons is not supposed to. That's what the fuck was happening with Demarcus Robinson? He seemed to be jumping and hurtling and moving the ball out in the open space and just creating issues for no entire reason. That's a problem. Now, that came into play in this interception because he was supposed to run a stick route. And for those that don't know, a stick route is very similar to a uh, curl or uh, other short yardage routes where you run straight and then you dig your feet in the ground and cut back. There, those are short yardage plays that are designed to have someone open around the boundaries of the distance that you are looking for. It's usually used for. Uh, first yardage checkdowns, maybe it's third and eight, and you need eight yards, they're going to run that stick yard stick route to nine, so when they cut back they are at the line that they need same thing with on the goal line, you'll see a lot of sticks curls flats, outs short yardage routes he runs a stick And the defender that is on him falls down to his knees. Which means, now he probably didn't know because he was on the other side. But dig your feet in the ground, turn around, because in a stick route and in a curl, the quarterback is going to throw the ball to the spot. Because more than likely, he's going to throw it before you turn around. So it's one of those, turn around, have your hands ready, the ball's coming in hot. He's going to throw it to your spot. d robb starts just fucking gallivanting towards the middle of the field. It's one of the few times I've seen Pat Mahomes look at one of his receivers and tell them where they should have been. That typically does not happen. There was no off script that needed to happen. There was no finesse or anything. No, it was a stick route. And Pat Mahomes threw it right on the spot. DeMarcus Robinson just wasn't in that spot. And you knew he threw it on that spot because the defender was able to get back up off his his knees and intercept the ball. Unfortunately, that was on Patrick Mahomes. But if there was a grading scale like PFF, you would dock that on DeMarcus Robinson. But even with that going on, you have a team, a defense, an offense that has been manufactured by John Gruden to beat Andy Reid and the Chiefs. He said it very, very many times. He has built this team to beat the Chiefs. So yes, we're going to play our closest games against them. That only makes sense. And then you get to the moment where there is a minute 43 left and you're about to kick the ball off to Patrick Mahomes, and there's just this sensation where you're like, hmm, I think the Raiders left too much time on the clock. Now, typically, you only have that sensation when it comes to Tom Brady and Rodgers. Those are the only two in the league that I'll give to now. Minute 43 and a timeout. Mm, That's too much time. The Raiders did not fully complete their mission because they had a drive where they could have ran the clock out. They had a situation where they could have left 37, 40 seconds on the clock. That's when I would have been like, mm, 40 seconds one time out. That's a lot to ask. But what happens? Patrick Mahomes, with one incompletion, marched straight down the field with no fucking hesitation, stumble, nothing. Line drive focus, one straight in, and for the touchdown pass, moves Jonathan Abrams out of the way and leaves Travis Kelsey wide open. That is the drive that you expected to happen with Tom Brady last night with over two minutes left. That's what you expected from Tom Brady. That's what we've all seen from Tom Brady. And for those that are saying Brady right now in his career is better than Mahomes, you are just lying to yourself. Because Patrick Mahomes did what Tom Brady was supposed to do last night. And that's not just win the game. That's not just throw a great pass. That is orchestrate your team in the most high-pressure situation. And that's what Mahomes did. And it looked easy. This is not fanboy talking. This is actual you could put on the unedited version of that final drive and you if if the scorecard and all that was wiped away, you would have thought It was just a fucking normal drive. That could have happened in the first quarter. And they just wanted to get it done before, you know, the the clock ran out or something. It did not seem like a pressure-packed, game-winning drive against a divisional opponent who kept it close the entire game. It just didn't feel that way. That lets you know Patrick Mahomes is used to the moment. Patrick Mahomes doesn't get bottled up in situations like that. And he doesn't bottle up his head in situations like that. That is dangerous. Because you know who I have seen do that? Lamar Jackson. Ben Roethlisberger. Ryan Tannehill. Teams that they have a potential in seeing in the playoffs. Josh Allen. A lot of those guys have folded in the moment. Give me a moment where Patrick Mahomes has folded in the moment. I'll tell you the last one I saw, and it was Rams Chiefs 2018 Monday Night Football. That was the last time I saw Patrick Mahomes fold when it came to the moment. crazy to think about because I've I've gone through Chiefs fandom where boy we had everybody fold in a moment it didn't give a fuck what was going on we've given up leads that now for some reason mean nothing to us we've overcome coaching that we now don't even second guess it's very insane to see but we beat the Raiders even after their entire victory lap around Arrowhead. And now we get to see a very interesting football game in Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And you'd have thought by now, looking at the schedule from, we'll say week one, you would have saw this game and been like, damn, this is going to be two high-powered offenses. They're going to be going at it. It'll be very interesting to see how the defense plays Mahomes, all that. This game is going to be very interesting because this will probably be the game where Mahomes shows that Tom Brady is not on his level. And that's going to be something to watch. I know I'll be watching like a motherfucker. But with that being said, I am done for today. I'm going to start finally recording my game reviews. Um, I'll probably do that right when I get off air. So look forward to at least one game review for today. Um, and then I'm going to be dropping them. They will be released on Podbean. It won't be a live stream or anything like that. It'll just be uh, quick thoughts, overviews, and ratings for uh, the games that I'm playing right now. I I just downloaded um, Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, Because it's free. (laughs) Um, It's free right now. Uh, For anyone that is a big gamer, go and look at all of your gaming sites for Black Friday sales. They're everywhere. Uh, I'm about to check out Stadia, which is uh, Google's um, gaming platform thing. I'm going to start starting that out. Uh, I just got a code for three months for free. So I'm just going to check that out, see how it goes. Um, I'm also going to start using Steam again. Now that I have my PC once I figure out how the fuck like what the hell is going on with my microphone connection that'll help out a lot. Um so I could be possibly streaming at sometimes who knows. But game reviews will be starting to get cranked out. Um and then for Thursday show I will not be doing a show on Thursday. I mean it's Thanksgiving um all those kind of things. I just want to be in in that moment with my wife enjoying the holiday. Uh, But with that being said, I will be doing a show this weekend. Uh, So more than likely what I am planning on is Saturday. Saturday will be the next live show, uh, which will be very interesting. It will more than likely be Saturday midday. Um, So once I finalize the time slot and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to put that show out there. We're going to heavily put out this show. And just just fucking advertise, advertise, advertise because this is going to be a show where I, I, I talk a lot about my wrestling career, um, why I stepped away, who I wrestled, who's my favorite, like all that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, we'll just say it right here. It's going to be a big Q&A live stream that we can talk whatever and whenever we want. Um, that'll happen on Saturday. Once I figure out the time, we're going to put it out there. We're going to plug it as much as possible um, and get as many people in here as possible. So with all that, guys, I appreciate you. Technical difficulties aside, uh, today was pretty dope. I enjoyed it. Uh, Please have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, Please enjoy whatever facet of the holiday that you can. Enjoy this time of the year. Enjoy this time around the people that you can. Um, I think this year has taught us so much that, uh, time around the people that you care about is very, very valuable. Um, we've lost too many people, uh, this year. We've also lost too much time with people this year. So definitely for sure. Enjoy this time. Enjoy some good food. And I will see you guys on Saturday. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Voice of Fandom podcast. You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts.